you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL Podcast can rock a pocket square. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast, presented by the United States Marine Corps. My name is Damned Hangsus, and I'm joined in a room full of zombie heroes, Dark Sesslair, Crypt Wessling, no, Wessel Thing. <laughs> And Greg, rising ghoul. What's up, demons? Hey, Dan. Crypt Wessel thing. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like this kind of, you know, halfway there uh, Halloween theme here. None of us actually dress up, but... uh, Ricky's dressed up. Come up up with little names. Ryan Bartlett's dressed up behind the glass. And obviously the the studio, we've done a really nice job uh, getting with the uh, (laughs) season here. (laughs) Look at that. We are moving uh, to... What will be named or is named SoFi Stadium? It's on the complex where the Rams and Chargers will call home. That's happening in a little while. You get the sense that there's a bit of a give up going on around here because everyone's like, oh, we don't want to put too much work into this building at this point and and the product when we got a shiny new facility that we're heading toward. Hmm. As you know, as defeatist as that might seem. Well, I've certainly noticed that to be true, and I don't go as often to the huddle, our commissary, as in days past. But what they've, uh, the trend that they've taken with the salad bar, which I've had issues <laughs> with before, I, they have totally given up. That Cal- we don't even exist in this building. They, they, they got Gronk off the wall pretty quickly outside. They put uh, who they put up Jamal Adams. Yeah, that might not work out too much longer. <laughs> I mean, they put up Baker Mayfield, and he went into a epic slump. So let's check in with Ricky behind the glass. What's up, Erica? How are you guys? I uh, had to take off my mask because I, I couldn't... Uh, show the people know. that watch our show, and this is live on YouTube and on NFL.com. Well, look at that. Oh. And there's Very Ryan Bartlett. Ryan Bartlett <laughs> almost looks hot. Like, you know, like a sneaky look at me. I might looking actually hot. be good looking. <laughs> yeah, when he's covering his and face. And then we have there's Christy over there. She's Minnie Mouse. We got, we got a nice okay. team behind the glass. Um, so happy Halloween, everybody. And uh, this is... The week nine preview. Uh, Mark, you feeling better? 
I I am. I was. I had one of those Ooh. human days where it, I didn't really move <laughs> until about days. 3 p.m. It was a very odd setback physically. And if I recall from last year, Halloween, you hate Halloween. So I this is a tough Halloween. day for you. Well, wait, where are we the coming kids up Kids happy, that? getting dressed up. Going, I, I'm totally on board house. with it. I think, I think people go a little bit overboard on Halloween, especially adults. But I mean, the kid aspect, I, I'm you're happy saying, with them. You're saying the dad that showed up to the 8.30 a.m. Halloween party at my daughter's uh, elementary school in full... Uh, Hulkamania gear with very little clothes on was like going too far. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> See, to me, that's fun. I'm it is. It was guy. kind of fun, but I mean, he had the tight. You know, he had the whole outfit, the whole thing at eight thirty in the morning. And our whole state is on fire, and that's a it's bummer. A um, but the one thing, one of the things I do love about Californians is that we well, like to have fun. People yeah, they here do. like to have fun. They do. They enjoy the lighter things. In life, and, and Halloween qualifies. All right, so what do we got to get into? Greg, thank you for joining us. I saw you doing a hit on NFL Network gloating about your 15-0 and 0 record last I week. didn't say anything <laughs> about it. Matt Money Smith brought it up. And then a You're di- the only one, the reason it got brought up on this show. And by the way... That's impressive, though. What a disgrace. And this is such a Patriots fan thing. Greg picks against the Patriots this week. He has the Ravens winning by a field goal, I believe, or a touchdown. It's a reverse jinx, obviously, first of all. And second of all, like, where do you get off? You know what's going to happen here. I am allowed to pick with my my head, which I think they are not a 16-0 team. And uh, we'll get to that game. But I, I think the Ravens are a great matchup for uh, them, and I think the Ravens can win. Well, Wes is pounding the table I really literally. want to lock the Ravens. Uh, I really want to lock the Ravens. Do it. it, it, it nothing's going to happen to you. Well, we are minute. working on a back-to-back lock sweep. We all picked the Niners last week and got the win. Uh, we picked our own teams the week before. So who knows how this will happen, whether organically we go um, across the board again or with separate teams. We've had some discussions. Yeah, have you? Okay, yep. good. All right, now, let's get into it. Week nine, we have uh, four teams on by the Bengals. So they sit with that 0-8 for another week. By the way, everybody's like, oh, so savage. Oh, so savage to bench Andy Dalton on his 32nd birthday. But, you know, you bench him when A.J. Green is back. Now that's savage. I mean, I would have benched him on his 28th birthday, but that's so. I feel like they've been quite kind. Um, okay. Also, the Falcons, the Rams, and the Saints all on by. So let's get into it draft style. Wes, again, this is all a process that is thought through, and it's just about you know realizing where you should be picking, and sometimes you get more games, sometimes you get less. Greg, just pure luck. We're, t- we're going to draft 11 games. You have only two to pick. It's going gonna, it's gonna to snake to you, and then wow. you're done. Nice for you. The rest of us have three games. Wes, get us going. I am going with uh, the Tony Romo, Aaron Jones matchup here. Packers and Chargers. Wow. <laughs> okay. Those are the two key figures in this uh, well, tilt. A bit of a reach, but okay. <laughs> what do you mean reach? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'm well, taking got... the Packers first anytime I get a chance. Mm. Probably could have gotten on the way back maybe, though. No Probably. way. Probably that would have been though. gone. No Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. All right, let's talk it's about the game. It's a late game. It would have been gone. Let's talk about the game. I, uh, this to me, is, I know it's at San Diego or at LA, but th- that's not a home field. Mm. I don't, I don't trust the Chargers at all. They, no, the Packers will, fans will travel well. Oh my God, that place is going to be eighty to ninety percent Packers fans. Sure. Not an exaggeration. So we get the first game of uh, Shane Steichen's 
career as a play caller. I don't. There's nothing about this Chargers team that's fun or exciting to me. I, they won last week by default, and I don't think they they haven't played well all year. Yeah, the word that I put down watching that Bears Chargers game from a week ago was lifeless. I just don't see a lot of. What's the stamp of this Chargers team? They do some things pretty well, but they feel like, to me, a seven-win operation that should be an 11-win team. They've underachieved. They uh, they have some great players, and I know they've had a lot of injuries, but, I mean, they have Joey Bosa, who's up there, I think, in terms of defensive players this year. You have Phillip Rivers playing pretty Melvin well. You Ingram have Austin Eckler. You have Keenan yep. Allen. You have Damian Square showing up last week and playing. Like, I don't think this is an unwinnable game for them, but that's why the, the firing of Ken Wisenhunt was so strange. It's the defense that I'm much more worried about and their secondary that I don't have any faith. I think Rivers can put up some points against a Packers defense that has been rather beatable. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the Packers, because they surged out of the gate with a pass rush that was that looked dominant early on, that's kind of flittered away in, in recent weeks. They're not that defense right now. Yeah, it's but, about first impression. Over the last month, they've been a below-average defense. Basically, when, and we talked about this early in the season, a lot of offenses were trying to figure out how to play a functional football, and I think that may have played into some people thinking certain defenses were better than they really were. They have they have enough talent, though, that I'm not worried about their defense. They'll be fine. I, I think def- for the most part, there's a couple difference-making defenses, good and bad, and they're not. They're certainly not in the bad category. And they're playing the right offensive line this week, too. The Chargers' offensive line's been terrible all year. The the Packers, on the other hand, I really think that the protection, and you know, Aaron Rodgers mentioned it in every press conference to – uh, make points with his buddies, but it to a ridiculous extent at this point. But but it's actually true though. I think the protection he has has set up everything. I mean, his mobility and his ability to move outside the pocket has set up everything he has this year. He has one of the best tackle duos in the league. He's got a good center, and they love this rookie guard uh, Jenkins, who's coming off maybe his best game. It's one of the best offensive lines, and if if that's why the it. Wide receivers are overrated, ultimately. They're replaceable. If you have a great line and a great quarterback, you're going to have a good passing game. Well, speaking of wide receivers, Devontae Adams practiced in pads on Thursday. Woo! First time in about four weeks since that turf toe injury. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, one thing, because there was a lot of offseason talk is had we already seen the best of Aaron Rodgers. And then you now you look back on it, you see how well he's moving in the pocket. He, he moves like a 30-year-old, not a 36-year-old or, or whatever he is. He suffered ligament damage in his knee in week one last season and was never the same. What's so funny? I just thought you, I, it was, I appreciate how dismissive you were about his age. He's 36 or whatever. I, I like that. <laughs> well, he could be 35 or 37, I meant. I think he's 35. He is. Okay. So there you go. That's why I put He'll it all, be or whatever You in will there. be right at some point. Because if I just said 36, right. then there, there's a statement being made. Sure. Whatever opens the door up for 35 and 37. Understood. You did a nice job with that. Anyway, so he's moving great. And, and we, we, did never, we never see, saw him move like this last season. This is the week, I think, if the Chargers lose and they're going into Thursday night football, that the Phillip Rivers, is he leaving? What's going on with the Chargers conversation takes a little, you know, bigger national stage. I feel like if you, this is a future Hall of Famer in my mind who they just fired his offensive coordinator who's only played with one team his whole career, who's unsigned going into next year. If this was Eli Manning or some other team, people, this would be a bigger story. Well, there no were strange about the whispers Chargers. about Tom Brady becoming an L.A. Charger next year. Do you see that? that I mean, strange. I'm, I'm following the Tom Brady is leaving New England thing very closely. 
Greg, I'd imagine that would be something hand. you'd be. I, I haven't dismissed it out of hand because I think there's. A, there's I think your exact quote when I brought it up like a week ago is stop the all the all the house stuff and all this. The thing that people uh, never mention though is he would cost seventeen million. Like there are huge financial reasons why that are discouraging him, uh, the Patriots, from letting him go. They would have to eat a massive cap hit. Uh, for him to go somewhere next year, so it's like it's they, it's not like they're going to cut him. All right. Why are we talking like this conspiracy theory is a real thing? Well, you know, we'll see what happens. Like house people are into the houses. <laughs> Let's track. Maybe it. he'll retire. I also, you know, that Paul Rudd vehicle, the cameo, that was a little <laughs> concerning. All right, pick number two. This is an easy one for me. Um, I know Patrick Mahomes is probably not playing this weekend, uh, but mm. still, outside chance the Chiefs. At Arrowhead with three losses at Arrowhead before Halloween. Who would have predicted that? Kind of need a win here. So I, I and I like the way Matt Moore played. I like kind of like watching Matt Moore play a little bit. Is that weird? Um, so you have the Chiefs, but that's not the main reason I'm picking this team, this game. I'm picking them because the Vikings. This is it, Wes. Now we're starting to get into it. Kirk Cousins now with a five, a six and two Vikings team. Everyone has now forgotten about him being the problem, and the Vikings have reaffirmed themselves as an NFC power against a top opponent on the road in a game people are paying attention to. This is the setting where Kirk Cousins folds up like a suitcase Mm. throughout his career, and does it happen again? Or is this the year where he puts that narrative to rest? Well, here's the first test right here, and I can't wait to see how he plays in this game. Well, I, I know everyone wants to talk about Kirk Cousins, but this offensive line that was so maligned for the past you know, 18 months is playing really well, and they have one of the best ground attacks in the NFL. Find a better twosome than Delvin Cook and, and Alexander Madison. That one-two punch, I believe, is leading all running back duos in yards and touchdowns. Um, and then Garrett Bradbury, the rookie center who we killed early in the season, is playing pretty well now. That This is really – throw in the rookie class. Without this rookie class, where would they be on offense? B.C. Johnson, Irv Smith, uh, and then Bradbury too. I, I think this is – the rookies are really driving this offense in a way that they didn't – they weren't able to do last year. To your offensive line point, and you could say for any position group – these things change sometimes. Sometimes you write off an entire team. Their offensive line is so bad, they'll never figure it out. But sometimes with good coaching and players getting more comfortable or some players getting healthy, these things do correct themselves, and maybe that's what's happened here in Minnesota. I think they're the perfect team to look at September as figuring things out, not that it was their preseason, but what they do well and what they don't do well and change what they do offensively. They're really good on screens. You know, Dalvin Cook's great on screens. They have a athletic offensive line. Anyway, that's what Brad, that's why they drafted Bradbury. That's kind of Kubiak's system. You're learning a, a new system. You have Kirk Cousins on the move. That's what I've really noticed is him throwing, running to his left. He's got to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league doing that. That is a tough throw, and usually you think only guys with a big arm can pull that off, and yet he's rolling out and defenses haven't been able to stop it too well. You're not getting that Cousins rolling to the left analysis anywhere else. <laughs> I mean, that, that's where you get a lot of those big plays. 9.3 yards per attempt for Kirk Cousins. And it is a lesson that, you know, we can cling to certain narratives early in the year and the Cousins thing took on a life of its own. But a month later, he is his numbers right now are comparable to where Patrick Mahomes was a year ago on his MVP journey. 
I mean, it, it, I do think there was a power struggle at some point or a, a come-to-Jesus moment inside that building where they decided to change the way they play offense this because game, something decide, decisively good coaching. changed about a month ago. Yeah. Flexible, so much, though. You need to be flexible. Yeah. That wasn't Zimmer a year ago. So much of it's coming off of play action. They, this isn't a game that is going to tell me much, though. These going, I don't think it's a big spot for them. It's not an easy – I'm not saying, you know, lock it up. Although, actually, this wouldn't, mm. this wouldn't be a bad one. Uh, but they're playing a team that's lost three straight at home. That's a, a below-average defense, and it's starting Matt Moore. You should beat the Chiefs. I mean, the, the Chiefs are a testament to Andy Reid's coaching that they can put up a lot of points – you know, with Matt Moore, but it's still a bad defense that's banged up. I expect team, the, I expect the Vikings. I think they're still a good team. I agree. At home, the NFL misses Mahomes. That's I really started thinking about how how much work, like because these last two weeks have had kind of they you got the Ravens Patriots this week, but in the early slates you're kind of missing those defining games like. And Vikings Chiefs to me with Mahomes would be the defining game of this week before Sunday night. Uh, yes, yeah, so the Vikings, even with that slump, they, yeah, they're third in total offense right now and fifth in total defense. So this is a team playing very well. And, Wes, I know you hate you hate when there's too much focus on Kirk Cousins. But to me, he's just one of those guys that's fun to track his career. He just got like a fun, soapy career. Well, quarterbacks <laughs> always get too much blame and too much credit. But Kirk Cousins is like the quintessential blame versus credit quarterback. Right. All right. Let's move on to the third pick. It is... What's his name? Dark Sesslair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. I struggled with that one a little bit because the dark with a C is a no-brainer. Love it. Right. Uh, Sessler, was there somewhere else you could have gone there? But then I like because then you got Dark Lair, and I feel like it kind of came I mean, together a, layer but a little is clunky. Like, like, uh, scary things live in layers. Yeah, right. so it's a dark that, one. That works. I think, yeah. you know, again, another nice job by you if, that's, if you came up with No, that. that's good. No, let's celebrate me. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Did a nice job there. <laughs> So it's my pick, and I, you know, I, I like to get the late. I don't want to come have this thing circle back around, and I'm stuck with no late game because you got four of them this week. And it also is the Cleveland Browns playing the Denver Broncos. A couple things happening okay, here. I think okay. Cleveland. I think this is a game everyone just thinks Cleveland's going to get right here and whip up on a Broncos team that has Brandon Allen, who's 27 years old and has never taken a snap in a real NFL game. Why not just run away with a 30-6 to victory? I don't think it's that easy. I just don't see... Uh, Cleveland, to me, when you talk about what is the stamp of this team, the most undisciplined club in all of football. They, they completely... What happened against New England... I think when I was watching it in real time, it was just like, okay, this game's happening and it's all tumbling down. Watching it a second time, they had a chance to win that thing had they not made those mistakes. They ran the ball really well against New England. That's the one thing they can do week after week with Nick Chubb, who I thought Tony Romo made the right comparison of calling him a... Jamal Lewis type runner, yeah. but I see little miniature shades of, of Jim Brown at times too. He is just such a tough physical back and he's absolutely what they need and what they should ride. I don't know if you need Kareem Hunt. I, I don't have a problem with him coming back well, on the in roster. The passing game. In the passing game, I just I wouldn't take any workload away from Cleveland at this point. He, he's, he's all they have. I, I, the storyline coming out of that game should have been against that defense, Baker Mayfield at one point completed 10 straight passes and Nick Chubb was well over 100 yards on the ground. And instead, it was look at all the penalties and turnovers because they're a poorly coached team. Right. But that I, is, but that. You it, could be both, though. It right? makes but sense. But both, both, like both the, are true. The Patriots can give up yards and then they let, 
they're they're great at letting teams lose games. Belichick says that all the time, that more NFL games are lost than won, and the Browns are a great example of that this year. They're minus nine in turnovers, and they're minus 253 in penalty yardage differential, which I didn't even know is a stat, but that's last place by a long shot in the NFL. So those are the the two things that's just killing them week after week. I just don't believe that it's, it's going to be – you know, magically fixable. I, there is a coaching issue in Cleveland, and it's 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 hard for us to know why this happens to a team. But they weren't this undisciplined a year ago. They've had penalty issues, you know, dating back for a thousand years. It seems like, but this is this extraordinary. The, Bron- this the you Broncos, do, but the Broncos' defense, I I could see them giving Cleveland a absolutely. ton of issues. The Broncos' defense, yes, it's a top five defense, and. To the credit of Broncos fans, and shout out to the listeners who support that team, it's a great fan base that is going to fill up that building. And whether they're f- f- six and two or two and six, they'll be cheering and cheering loudly. It's not an easy place to go and win. Now, you're against a, a quarterback that you know you might have another Luke Falk on your hands here, a guy that maybe doesn't even deserve to be in the NFL, and he ends up getting the start because of, and that could work out to your favor with uh, turnovers. But yeah, win the turnover battle in this game with a quarterback with no experience. And go win a ball game because this is a dirt nap game for the Browns. It they, is. They don't get this done and they fall to two and six. They're not coming back from that. No, they're not at all. And I, at this point, like the concept of them making a push for the playoffs and all this stuff is is absurd. Just, just actually put string some games together where you look at all like what we thought we'd see this season. But I'll tell you what, they are going to win this week and I'm going to lock it up. Me too. All right. We don't even get a sound effect for that. There we go. Well, Wes and I discussed this previously, and we decided that we're going to ride on the similar right. train either into hell I'm nervous. or into heaven. We'll see. Well, this, I'm nervous. I, I <laughs> really I'm like, nervous about the Sunday night show if the Browns don't win. I love the matchup. You know, Jawan James, the, the Broncos' right tackle, came back last week and immediately re-injured his knee. This tackle combination of Garrett Bowles and Eli, Elijah Wilkinson going up against Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett, who destroyed the Patriots' offensive line last week. This is a great matchup. And Dan, who is Fred Brown? I don't know. The Broncos' number two receiver now. Jesus. Some guy named Fred Brown, not the Total guy, disaster not the guy who played on the '82 Georgetown and, team and threw the pass away. Oh yeah, that and, one. And we've kind of skipped over the <laughs> the fact that Brandon Allen is their starting quarterback in Week Nine. Brandon Allen, who was, I believe, a sixth round pick of the Jags, and then he was with the Rams last year. I did ask. He's 27. They thought though, the, you know, the Rams had him as their backup last year. I know, they behind chose Mannion. Blake Bortles over yeah, him. Yeah, they chose Bortles over him. That he, that he could be a little feisty. He's done some things in the preseason. I don't think it's a Luke Fox situation. I think they're hopeful that he might, you know, have a little spark and give him a little something. But the matchup is tough in the surroundings. What's, a, are what's the desert saying here, Greg? Um, the, the Broncos are underdogs at home, but not by much. By, Court, not by a crazy amount. Cortland Sutton scares me, but Denzel Ward's back. Greedy Williams is back. Yep. Sutton's I done think, something every week. I think He's the, He's the really desert good. rightly looks at the Browns as a team that can't be huge favorites against any good defense on the road, no matter what's going on with Brandon Allen. I do like that Joe Flacco unfurled that emotional speech about the offense and needing to be gutsier and more daring do shown on the field. And then he's gone. He's out for it's great. That's a hey, great go. way to go. Give it nice. Five to six fire weeks. everyone up. Then you're out. He's five, going to IR. Five to six weeks. He'll be out with that neck issue. And Baker Mayfield had that testy exchange with Tony Grossi, the longtime Browns um, beat reporter. Do you have that, Ricky? Oh, it's 
seemed like there was a lack of urgency there. Was something going on? There was a penalty, so we were negative yardage. Yeah, but there was a lot of time between snaps. Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're behind the chains. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. Do you want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Jesus, Tony. That I mean, that's pressure. He's they're, they're under a lot of pressure to win this game, and I, I I think Mayfield will be a guy that will play really well in this game. I love the Browns in this game, but I also they've they've been so disappointing that I can't lock them up. But I do. I'm with you guys. I think they're going to take Mayfield right now. His passer rating is 24.6 points lower than Eli Manning's was a year ago. Oh. And I think that the, I think you're right. He's feeling the pressure because of the expectations and everything else. I have no problem with him going off occasionally in a press conference. And I'm not just saying that because he's quarterback. I think that quarterback, spoke more to his relationship with Tony Gross. Yeah, that's it, been it, bubbling for a while. They've been back and yeah. forth. I don't think it's also a very big deal no, uh, that you have these reporters that you sort of... It, it seems like it's a... It's like a Bro, it's like a frenemy type of situation. Hey, can I get a 150-yard game with a touchdown or two from Odell Beckham at some point? I'm can not we, sure. Can we have that I, game? I, I don't know. I don't can, know. Can That's we? a great question. Jeez. It's not on wild. command. You can't. All right. Up next is Greg Rosenthal. Oh, yeah. I got two picks, right? Oh, yeah. Snake, Snake action. Because that, you know, that, that impacts the strategy. But I'll take the Bears-Eagles <laughs> off the board. It does. Because I know uh, Ooh, one of Greg's teams. This is your only two picks. So. Right. I'm just saying, you know, I want one at each time. Yep. So the Bears and the Eagles. I don't know why I'm picking the Bears to watch two straight weeks at, at 10 a.m. But I Because the Eagles are your team. They are a team I'm, I'm fascinated by. I'm interested in. And you do wonder if they can rely on what they found in the second half against the Bills, which was a lot of running behind the right side of the offensive line. Brandon Brooks, throw him in your comeback player of the year conversation. Oh, yeah. Torres Achilles might be the best guard in the league. You have Lane Johnson. The Eagles and uh, Shio Capati on The Athletic wrote about this this week are one of the run-heaviest teams in the league in neutral situations. They have been all season. It's surprising because they're not great at it. And this is a franchise, you know, that has a lot of analytical background and they they should be good at throwing the ball with Carson Wentz. You do get Deshaun backs Deshaun Jackson back this week, but I think this is what Doug Peterson wants to be as kind of a, a ground and pound team. We'll see if that keeps working. This is the last time the last time I get all in on the Eagles. Because <laughs> I've been pumping you, this team you are? up since August. And then every time they have a big win, and my stupid power rankings, I get overexcited and I put them back in the top 10 and then they lay a total egg and I have to drop them back down to purgatory and I get angry with them. And yet I still believe that the Eagles are going to go on a run and not only be a playoff team, uh, but really. Why? Actually win Why do you believe that? Do you think? Because I just think it's all still there. And I, I, I do like I like the Eagles so much that I will be locking them up in this game, uh, even against a Bears team that is the classic uh, cornered out. I mean, this is a this is a uh, potential dirt nap situation because the Bears, in addition to being in last place, are also in the uh, NFC North. They're in twelfth place in their conference. So to even think about getting back into the playoff race, they need they need to win now, as in Sunday. Then they need to win next week against the Lions, another wild card helpful, uh, hopeful. And then they need to go to L.A. and beat the Rams, another wild card uh, hopeful, the next week. And I don't see it happening. No so, way. They're not doing all those things. So, yeah, so the Eagles, 
uh, to me are a team that's feeling good about themselves now. I think they're going to um, they're going to score points. I think the Bears' defense hasn't been as good as it was last year, and we know what's going on with Mitch Trubisky and the Bears' offense. I think this is an offense that's more likely to crack and then completely collapse rather than pull together at this point. So that's why I'm banking on the Eagles. Do not let me down. Eagles fly. Eagles fly. I their roster is stronger. They got their number one and number two cornerbacks back in the last two weeks, and it showed in the Bills game. Their their secondary is not nearly as leaky as it was a few weeks ago. Where's Deshaun uh, Jackson? Is he getting close? It sounds, he's, like, he's, sounds like he'll play. Sounds like he's going to Although play. I said that last week and I couldn't have been more wrong. So. <laughs> uh, Alshon Jeffrey made a couple plays last week. You know, Carson Wentz under center. I am also locking them up. Oh! oh. How about that? So we got the Browns over the Kissing Cousins and over on this side of the table it doesn't have a name. Greg and I both have the Eagles. Your mirror's the- all right with this? Hey guys, yeah. Wes, yes. good good call because I'm right now in, in the YouTube and I'm, I'm answering some of the comments and we're getting a lot of people like, no, that does not pass the mirror test. It's four what and four it? versus three and four. You're, the, the, you're two locks, Greg uh, and Dan. You're, you're locking up against a broken quarterback. I, you're locking up against a guy who shouldn't even be in the NFL. I, I, I have no issues but with locking up team. the Eagles versus yeah. the Bears. It's uh, four I, and four versus three and I four. I just go by the by the as do I. Vegas uh, thing, and this the, it started as a, a three point. <laughs> All right, game. just letting you know what the what the tell them to shut up. Okay, I never believed I never believed in the planet commenters. Pipe down, or I'll come in there. <laughs> but it is for me. It is less about uh, picking for the Eagles than it really is picking against That's, against the, the Bears. Be, it's And it's not just Trubisky, but it's mostly Trubisky. It's that the defense is good, but it's not It's not going to change the world defense. It's not going to get six turnovers every week. It's there, and it's okay. And I think the Eagles offensive line could win the battle up front against the Bears defense. So if you're just a good but not great defense – what are you really if you're the Bears? You're counting on Mitchell Trubisky too much. Yeah, I feel like the Bears need a gigantic special teams play and typically a, a bunch of turnovers or a defensive touchdown to win games. Like we saw that from Cordero Patterson against the Saints where that was one of the only reasons they were even in that game. One thing I thought that they schemed pretty well last week against the Chargers was getting guys open downfield, easy throws for Trubisky to make. And there were some bigger games because of that. He didn't play bad for three quarters. He didn't play terribly. But the coach, but they, the coach doesn't trust him. And if, no. if you're going to keep playing him, you got to show some trust. Right. I thought they crumbled in the red zone over and over. Right. Too. It, that's the thing is like, Bears fans were like, I don't think he played that bad. And he had two killer turnovers in the fourth quarter, and they had the ball inside the 10 for 12 plays. That's how low the bar is. Score. The, the bar is low. Okay, let's move on, Greg. Snake it. Ricky, we're snaking. Ooh. Whoa. Like that. Fancy. That's a snake. That's I'm taking snake. two of the most dynamic and surprising passing games in the league, the Lions and the Raiders, at 4.05. They do it in different ways, but this is the number five and six mm. most efficient passing games in the league, according to Football Outsiders. The Lions kind of look like an old 60s AFL team these days. They're just throwing up bombs to Marvin Hall and, and Marvin Jones, whereas the Raiders are like an early 80s West Coast team with tight ends and fullbacks and endless seven-yard throws. I can't say it's my favorite style, but you got a good running back, and it's been really working that they move the ball up and down the field. And I don't blame John Gruden if he's trying to keep his defense off the field because this is a matchup of two pretty bad defenses, and the Raiders are worse. The Raiders' defense is slow, and they don't get after the quarterback. Cleveland Furl has not sacked, hit, or pressured a quarterback since Uh-oh. week one. 
Uh oh. Like Max Crosby, their fourth round pick is playing more than him. Benson Mayoya. My, I never know how to say his name. He's better than Furl. You got it. He's playing a little less. <laughs> Second time. Uh, it's a little under the radar. The defensive players never get picked on. It's like Quinn and Williams is not doing anything this year. He doesn't get picked on. No, he's fine. People don't get picked. On. <laughs> no, he's been banged up. You got to give him a pass. And the Jets. The, you, <laughs> Sorry, if, if that's there's off anything, topic. Oh, I, I can always count on you to go off topic on a Jets burn. But <laughs> wow. Uh, let him get right. Let him get healthy with the new coaching staff, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Save that for the Jets-Dolphins banger. <laughs> I think Josh Jacobs is one of the most enjoyable backs to watch in the league right now. And the Darren Waller experience, to me, is a sign of good coaching because I, you know, Gruden picked him out because of his physique across the way. That's how they unearthed them on another team. And he's been an, he's been an awesome story. They are, they do, you look at their weapons. I thought Tyrell Williams showed up last week and played a good game for them and they need that. They need some more wide receivers. Your boy Hunter Renfro, nice touchdown though, Greg. I'm yeah, sure you he, guys covered that I on thought Tuesday. He's coming around. I thought that was one of Derek Carr's best passing performances in years. Absolutely. And I've been killing him and I, and he's starting to make those comments look utterly foolish. Needs to hit on the deep balls though. I agree, but that was, that game was oh, kind of Derek Carr in a nutshell. He was 22. I think it was 20 of 22, 10 yards and in. One of six, 20 and up. And so he hit one, but they, they still, and I think it's more about the receivers that he has than, than Carr. He completes they're not going deep. Almost three quarters of his passes. I, I, he's either he's either on pace to break the Drew Brees record or be right there. Well, they're which, easy passes. Yeah, which I understand that. But still, their offense has been functionally, high, highly functional this year, and he's been a part of it. The offensive the line's the biggest reason why, but Rodney Hudson is their center, their leader, and he's out for a while. So is their backup center. And Yeah, and they might be starting Richie Incognito at center. He's never played the position before. So that's been their number one strength as a team, and that you know might not be the same as it used to be this week. All right, Mark, you're up. Now, I know I will be laughed at for this pick, but if you know anything about me, you know why this game oh, is one of the most potentially enjoyable uh, games I've seen. Ahead, no, it is your, not a Dolphins game. Take your Redskins. It is the Redskins <laughs> at the Bills because I'm telling mess. you why. Old, not unlike the Niners Redskins. Here. Not unlike the Niners Redskins games of a couple weeks ago. I've got to watch two quarters and then I could move my mind to something else. Sessler. I think it may be over before some games get through two quarters. That's what I love about it. I want to see just how quickly this goes. I will say one thing about the Bills. And you're, I love it. you're not going to get it this week because they're just going to they're going to deal with Dwayne Haskins and probably it's in Buffalo just beat up on Washington from wire to wire. 52 points given up in the last two weeks by the Bills. Their defense has not been... It kind of reminds me a little bit of Chicago. They are. They have not been the defense we thought over the past couple weeks. And that team scares me if they don't get that kind of performance from their defense because Josh Allen, and I know that we were rough on him, he just he had a terrible fumble that turned that game around last week for Philadelphia and I thought maybe was the turning point of the game. Every game you can count on two killer turnovers by Josh Allen and it's typically when he's running the ball and loses if he's going to run the ball as much as he does we need better security. Mm. I I don't even have faith that they're going to run away with this game because they haven't done it before. <laughs> I mean, they played the Bengals and they played the Dolphins. Is this another home. episode of Greg hates Josh Allen? No, I'm saying <laughs> I need a graphic. I'm basing it show. that they've struggled at home. They struggled to beat the Bengals. They struggled to beat the Dolphins. They got wiped out by the Eagles, who were struggling. They haven't 
had that home t- home field advantage uh, that you would expect. And it, yes, it is partly because of Allen. Wait. Jim Schwartz pointed out a play last week where his coverage completely busted. And he, he was making the point, yeah, we were better, but we made a couple mistakes. And I went back, I watched that play. Allen has a receiver wide open. No one's there, and he's got perfect protection on the play, too. And he's back there, but at one point he just starts and starts running, and he misses it. Could have, you know, That's the type of play I think that you don't see necessarily, and it happens a lot with Allen. This team needs to run the ball more. They need more Devin Singletary going on. You can probably get away with suspect decision-making and no touch, but probably not both, and, and Josh Allen has both right now. There is a, a sense, especially how poorly the Bills – played at home against the Eagles last week, an Eagles team that was struggling mightily at the time, that the Bills now are going to go into a tailspin or they have been found out. And I don't know if that's true, and I still think their schedule is so soft uh, over uh, across November for the most part that they're going to be in very good position to be a playoff team. But at the same time, Bills fans who get angry, who think that, you know, we or certain people should be viewing them as like a real AFC contender. We, you just need to see more from them. You I just, feel like we've been nice to the Bills. Oh, yeah, we've liked them Yeah, But they want to be seen as a team that could take out the Patriots and they'll point to the Patriots game where they gave them a real uh, contest for four quarters. But, point to the Dolphins game. But how about this? They've trailed in six of the seven games they played in this year, and to their credit, they still have five wins. This is a perfect game. Just destroy the Redskins. I mean, kill the Redskins, and it doesn't mean yep. everyone's going to then say, "Oh, the Bills are fine." But it will get it will pump some energy and confidence into that offense. Uh, you know, light them up, Josh Allen. Have four total touchdowns. Give us that type of game, and then at least uh, make it make you feel like this is an offense that's going to improve in the second. Should half. mention Adrian Peterson, which is about the only thing the Redskins seem to. Uh, want to involve on offense uh, did not practice Thursday. Well, we should also mention we don't know who's quarterbacking for the Redskins. Well, Haskins has been taking first team reps two days in a row, so I would be surprised. Yeah, if Keenum is but... the starter if healthy, but he's still in the concussion protocol, so it sounds like it's Haskins' time. Which Callahan said Thursday Keenum could still play if he feels better on Friday. Mm. Bills a... need a little more out of Ed Oliver, another top ten uh, pick who has really not been making much of an impact for them. <sighs> Ominous. That made a nice nice pick there, actually. Ominous that Welcome. Dwayne Haskins was allowed to uh, throw the ball five times in the second half last week. Ominous. Well, you know, the Washington Post came out with a story this week quoting several sources that he doesn't know the playbook. Oh, my God. <laughs> they should, You know what they should do? The the old Jamarcus Russell trick that the Raiders pulled. <laughs> the DVD. Give him the DVD, <laughs> make it blank, and then three days later it's like, hey, how was it? And Jamarcus Russell's like, oh, it was great. And every play, <laughs> like, oh, okay, we know you're not doing any work at all. I think Gil Brandt pulled that one in 1964. <laughs> Gil Brandt from the future with, with like a, a DVD. Laserdisc? That would be, that would be impressive. Amazing. No, he did it yeah. with a book, oh, okay. playbook. All right, let's move on. It is. Whose pick is it? Yours. It's my pick. All right. Uh, this You would think this is me stepping in a bear trap, but no. Listen, I got two young sons. They're going to be hopped up on sugar all weekend because of Halloween. Uh, so I'll be up. I'll be up close to 6.30 a.m. I'll probably be up at 7. I'll DVR the game and catch up. So I'll take Texans against the Jaguars mm. from Wembley Stadium in London. The final... Um, the final game of this year's London series. And um, we were, of course, at the final game at Tottenham Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, excuse me, Spurs Stadium, the big tot 
Hot toddy. Toddy house. Toddy house. <laughs> uh, so they've done an incredible job over there with these games, and they close it out at Wembley. The nice one. With a nice one. Here are the Texans who we talked about this, and I talked about this all week in various like NFL programming, that they pushed all the chips into the 2019 center of the table for 2019. Now J.J. Watt's gone. What does that mean? Uh, are the Texans a team we should still see as a contender in the AFC? I don't know. But what I do know is they're in a dogfight just to win this division and get in the playoffs because the Colts, whether you like them or not, um, are 5-2, and two, and they are in first place, so the Texans need to keep pace. And now they get a Jaguars team, and this is kind of like a home game because although there's a ton of fans from all different um, for all different teams in the UK that flock to these games, as, as we recall, you saw all sorts of jerseys at, these, at those games. The Jaguars have the biggest uh, fan base uh, in England. So there's going to be a nice, it's going to be a nice home game for the Jaguars and the Jaguars team that played very well last week against the bad Jets team, but still Gardner Minshew, the second uh, playing with a lot of confidence. I did Mark, You'll be happy to know that I did put some thought. We had to do our uh, NFL.com midseason picks about making him the offensive rookie of the year choice. I didn't go with it, but he if he kept, if he keeps playing like this, yeah, he's going to be hard Who's to deny. Who did him? you pick over him? Yeah. I Kyler Murray. I went. What? Well, it's yeah. a prediction for the end of the season. I think okay. so far, to me, he would be the runaway winner with Jacobs as as kind of there, distance. Set. Kyler Murray's improvement over the last few but weeks. But Mitch has played to are, me far, far better. Oh, people love the headband and the mustache. And not enough people are watching this guy actually play football. He was a third down conversion machine last week. And this, there are only three quarterbacks in the NFL with a better touchdown-to-interception ratio. And they're all either Super Bowl winners or former MVPs. Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. They are the worst team in the NFL in the red zone. So I don't know if he... That's been their story. Like I don't think he time. bears total blame for that. I do think sometimes I put a little too much on touchdown-to-interception. But he's done everything else well. He, he does avoid mistakes. He does throw down the field well. He does make good decisions. This is one of the biggest Jaguars games they've had in London. I mean, the Jaguars are sneaky up there in terms of the losingest franchise, not to their fans. They have one winning season in the last 12 one and they have a chance here and this is the week because they have the bye and Foles is eligible to come back after the bye Minshew wins this week there's no chance that they're going to bench him yep I think they've got to find a way to get to Deshaun Watson who I went going back and watching that game I just and it's it's redundant at this point but he does stuff every week that is just unbelievable to the eyes. And they, the Texans, I don't think that they're the kind of team that can go and beat New England. I just don't. But I think they can go and beat almost any team in the league because of their quarterback. And he, I, I, if you, you're going to have to find a way to punish him early and often for the Jaguars not to get in a hole because I don't think Jacksonville is the kind of team that can really, if they, they're good when they have the lead and they can start to pound you with the run. And I don't love Leonard Fournette, but he's had a good season for them overall. They're not a team that if they get down by 17 points has a shot in this game. Houston, we've talked about as top heavy all season and it doesn't get more top heavy than that defense losing Watt. He's been double teamed more according to, it was a CBS broadcast last week than anyone in the league by a massive amount. Uh, Second place in that standings was Jadevian Clowney, a guy they could use right about now because they, they just don't have a lot. And it was a defense that was struggling. I like the Jaguars in this game. If you know, if I have to pick one, I like I the too. Jaguars. I think it's a field goal game. I think it's going to be a yeah. very good game. 
And that's why I picked it. And I'm feeling it great about it. Nice work. I uh, thought that would be kind of like one of those primetime things, but you took it. I like it. Wes, it snakes to you, baby. Well, I got a grass field game here, and this is going to be a rock fight. The Colts at the Steelers. I'm not sure. Mm, the Colts, boring. Colts got 15 points out of their offense last week, and the Steelers don't have a quarterback. You seem like so. you have the Colts a lot for someone who doesn't like the Colts. <laughs> I think and, that and might be the com- first time I had them all year. Oh, I thought you had them last week. <laughs> I, no, I, I don't think I ever. Colts Broncos. Ricky reports that James Conner is not playing. Really? As of now. As of now. that he, Oh, he uh, has not been ruled out, though. He's not been officially ruled out, but he didn't show up again. And but breaking news: Patriots are releasing Ricky wide receiver reported. Josh Gordon off IR. Thank you for that, but that that is just a matter of bookkeeping. We were aware of that, right? But I'm just letting you know. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, right. if, if you were, if you were gonna break, do breaking news, you know, here, I think you'd say Trent Williams just said he had cancer and he's had it for six years, and the Redskins misdiagnosed. Why are you like pull? No, like, I'm just holding. saying, if you're gonna like put <laughs> one in there, Why? put it. Oh, wow. Okay, Greg, you wanna? Which is. Well, that let's Great. talk about that. Wait, I what? Mean, <laughs> wait, what? What's going on? Is he okay? Fred or? Williams told reporters that he was diagnosed with cancer over the summer and uh, that he'd had it for six years, and that's part of the reason why he's been so upset with the Redskins he's, training staff. He's also making it clear um, that he's it, it doesn't look like he's going to play for the Redskins, even though he did pass a physical. He said, quote, I almost lost my life. He wow. had cancer in his body for six years before it was diagnosed, didn't we know that he had a tumor removed in the offseason? Yes, but okay. we didn't. Know. But we didn't know it was we six years. Yeah, it was a growth on his head, which also connects with the that the helmet was giving him discomfort. It wasn't oh totally out of. It feels nowhere. like a good excuse not to play. Yeah, I would say so. This is not a Jalen Ramsey situation. <laughs> Sorry to br- bring the uh, show. Ricky, thank you though. You know, it's it's fine. Just you know, trying to help you guys when I can. Um, I let you know that James Conner has Connor a thing. Pra- it's going to be. He's, it's a big. He's, it's he's a big missed thing. practice. Coach Tomlin did say earlier in the week that he could practice Friday. That's kind of the key day for him. But it's trending towards him being. Well, out. they do have That's Jalen Samuels huge. back. That is huge. Uh, if they don't have Conner, I don't think. You know, they're a pretty mediocre team to begin with. That's Benny Snails out for two to three weeks. This whole like st- the Steelers fan and beat writer confidence that this team's going to win nine or ten games is really on my radar. I don't understand it. They're a good, not great defense, similar to they have every year. I think their defense is better than that. And They've improved throughout the and year. And the quarterback is a problem. That's the bigger Quarterback's issue. a huge problem. Hey, it's game manager. Hey, if the Ravens lose against the New England Patriots, which is highly possible, and the Steelers win, they're one game out of first place in the AFC North. Now, well, I'm with now, you. Please. I'm with you. I don't think the Steelers are a real deal team. Uh, but I, I understand why there would be some excitement that the season's not over. And when you start 0-3, sure. uh, that, that's a great thing to feel like you have some hope. Greg has suggested the Ravens will beat the Patriots in his picks column, oh, though. There you so. go. The, Col- the Colts, uh, the problem is they have played seven games. All seven have come down to one score. Almost every all seven have come down to the last possession. So that's good who that. they are. They're 16th in, in passing, 14th in defense. They're si- between 14 and 16 in every possible stat. That's just kind of who they all are. All their wins have been seven points or less. Three of them have been by three points or less. Mm. They're the only team in the league that has not had an offensive lineman 
miss in a single snap. And that's the recipe for that. I mean, that's what they are. And we talked about the teams with the good offensive lines. Like The Colts are going to hang around until the end because of it. Two things happened last week that provide hope that they might get a little more exciting. Paris Campbell finally came back from his hamstring injury. Didn't do much. But they really need to start featuring him. And Naeem Hines was used more in the passing game. Hines. He's one of the few running backs in the league who actually runs routes. They need to use him. All right, Wes, it's snaking. (laughs) Uh, give me – I'll take my Titans if you're going to just give them to me, you know? I mean, we are going to just Yeah, they're all yours. That, I mean, that's the best best team, best team, game left on the board here, Titans at Panthers. Uh, Mark and I talked about this a little bit. I have lost all trust in Kyle Allen. I think he's broken, and hey, they need to play Cam Newton is what I think. It sounds hey. like he's legitimately just not ready, though, and that they think next week would be the first – week that he's healthy because I'm with you I I really don't I know there's been weird stuff around Cam Newton and I still think there is but I do believe that they just don't think he's ready to play I I think they would want him in this lineup for this game they're they're favored pretty significantly they are I'm surprised yeah Uh, who do you think is the better team in this game I I think the Panthers are I don't know the one thing watching that Niners game they were eaten up by San Francisco that's a very the ball game for the Panthers, like just make it forget about it. But yeah. I understand why you watch it and you're like, oh boy, these. Well, the Niners have done that to every team basically. That's what I mean. Did anybody week. like the Panthers' offense against the Bucks in in London? No, their offense nope. is worse. It's mostly that I just like their players better. That they just have more players that can make a difference. As you know, the Titans are on a two-game winning streak where they've you know Tannehill's look good, but he's played two of the worst defensive backfields in the league. They've won both of those games essentially because they stopped the other team on like a fourth and short comes down to one play. I mean, these are coin flip games and this is kind of what the Titans are. This is the John Robinson experience. He's put this team together and I think it kind of looks good on paper, but when you roll it out there, I mean, there's no reason to think this is anything but an eight or nine win team. When we saw the Panthers in London, the Bucks shut down Christian McCaffrey for the most point uh, part. And when you do that, the, the, I mean, Kyle Allen made a couple plays in that game, but they really won that game with their defense and their ability to create turnovers. Last week, obviously, was a total wipeout. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I mean, even even last week, somehow McCaffrey ended up with 150 yards of total big, offense. He had a big game. touchdown or a big run. But He's going to ruin my sandwich prop. I had Dalvin Cook, you know, beating everyone in yards from scrimmage right now. Cook is up by about 40 yards, but he's played one extra game. McCaffrey is just mm. it's, a freight train. It, he's got to carry him, Wes. They're, it's the a good two matchup. of them are way ahead of the entire league, though. It's a good matchup because the Titans' young inside linebackers are really good. Jayon Brown is a, one of the best players in the league that nobody knows about, and Rashawn Evans is playing pretty well, too. Tannehill, this is a week where I think we'll, we'll see if he's always a beat late on throws. You, you talked on Tuesday's show about quarterbacks that need to see it or ones that – he is definitely someone that needs to see it. And you saw it last week where he's just a beat late a few times and the Panthers playing the zone that they do, maybe they make him pay. Um, all right. I will take the Gase Bowl, the Toilet Bowl, the Jets at the Dolphins. Um, is this game being televised? Are we certain? Uh, well, I believe – I don't know if I can watch it if it's not going to be – why like does CBS so send a crew there, or I believe how does this they, I work? believe that's in the works. But you're, it's a fair. I'm just fair annoyed because I'm getting a third game here because Dan uh, took the uh, the London game and messed the whole thing up. I want to see which announcers. Got that was supposed to be, you know, we're all we're all gonna watch that. We're all gonna watch that. That's cheating. It's certainly not cheating. I just I thought that that should be a open season since some people might want to sleep in. You, well, you just got me all excited about the this whole, is the I only old, have two games. Now I have two. At, at late, it ruined the whole strategy. Spiro Ditas and Adam Archuleta drew this one. Oof. I, um, 
I've been talking to some sparrows about the Jets because people take pity on me. So people that have connections to the organization are telling me things, which is mm. good. It's fun. Um, but I am hearing some very bad things behind the scenes. Uh, we know what's going on with the Jets uh, above ground, but underground it doesn't sound a lot better right now. I think this is a team that's really um, in a bit of a, a, a tailspin. And if they do not win in Miami – and maybe this is a good thing for the for the team long term because not only does it put them in the running for the number one pick overall, but also the firestorm will build uh, about Adam Gase being a one and done guy in New York if if they lose hey, the Dolphins. So um, if you're a Jet fan that's and you hate being this type of Jet fan because it seems to happen too often where you're basically looking ahead to next year and okay with them being just absolutely dreadful. I hope that's not the case. I'm still rooting for the Jets because I do think at the end of the day, um, Sam Darnold is a guy that I want to see progress from this year. And if if you do go down that road of, oh, I hope they go 1-15, well, that means that Darnold probably struggles for the rest of the season or gets hurt or something terrible. So I want to see uh, Darnold um, put this little turnover binge behind him because as good as he was on that first drive against the Jaguars, they did nothing as an he offense. He had no chance. And he was getting absolutely snowed under by the offense. So I like how other teams are being able to fix things as the season go, go along. It seems like the Jets' offensive line is somehow getting worse. That was a jailbreak situation for three quarters. So, yes. Don't get this kid hurt. I swear to God, I will bail on this team. <laughs> I will get out, and I will take my two sons and all the money that they'll pump into your organization with me if you get this kid hurt because you can't get the offensive line figured out. This is new ground for you. You've never threatened to bail on the judge. I've never been this disillusioned as I am in the Adam Gase era, and I just need them to not get Darnold hurt or mess him up uh, emotionally or physically. Get through the season and see some growth. I'm obviously not going to get an exciting December and January, even in November. But let me see Darnold have a chance out there because he certainly didn't uh, the last couple of weeks. I wonder if this has ever happened in the history of the NFL. But let's say Gase, let's say they lost to the Dolphins and Gase is out uh, sooner than we think. And Greg Williams has made interim head coach for two different teams over the course of two seasons. That did fix Cleveland's offensive line last year somehow down the stretch with the same cast of characters. Not saying that that's going to happen to the Jets, but I think it's more likely from what's been heard. We don't need to hear this again. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not preparing a speech similar to I Joe Vitt. Joe Vitt was an interim coach. It might be twice. more not likely back to back years. It might be more likely that Greg Williams gets fired in season. Hmm. I'll leave it at that. I think, yeah, a lot of times his coaches, his head coaches don't seem to love whatever he's doing either behind the scenes or <laughs> talking to media. Or, Good job, Greg. Who that together. Who All right. Uh, we Dolphins, don't need to talk about they're this They're going to beat anymore. the Dolphins, though. Come, I don't know. Dolphins have no pass. Right? I don't know. I would, I would Howard not, this week? I, well, yeah, he's out for the I year, I believe, be. right? He's on IR. Um, but this game doesn't need any more analysis, but I will say that the Dolphins have – steadily improved and they even had a 14 nothing lead of course last week before that awful uh, play call uh, by Brian Flores at the end of the second quarter um, this is a field goal or touchdown game This is there's no blowout happening here this team stinks shout out to Ryan Fitzpatrick for playing with joy in what should it's be fun. a terrible situation he really is the right man for this job because I think 
I think they'd be the worst team in NFL history. Oh, he's gonna They're going to the beat Jets. someone. They're going to beat someone one of these weeks. You know, Minshew was killing the Jets on third down. Everyone's killing this Jet defense on third down this year. And watch Fitzmagic do the same thing. All right, up next, Mark Sessler. Well, I don't like this at all because now I'm stuck with this 4 p.m. game right across from the Browns-Broncos. Oh, my analysis wrong? Oucher. Bucks at Seattle. I will say this, that I filed, we filed our revised Super Bowl picks this year, and I know everyone just picked the Patriots <laughs> like and the that. Packers. I know. Why are we allowed to do that at, mid, at the midway point? But I picked Seattle just to win the whole thing because there's something about this team. I wow. enjoy watching them week to week. They are not the best team in the That's NFL. They have some issues. And for me, this is a game where – the Seahawks are a team that what I was believe... was that dramatic pause? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I gonna, because I because what I'm looking at on paper is that as, as much as I enjoy watching Seattle on both sides of the ball, I do not enjoy watching Jameis Winston and the Bucks on offense outside of Mike Evans. And I just... I, I think if you're Seattle, you have no excuses losing this thing. No excuses. What do the Bucks do better than the Seahawks right now? This has this Stop feels the run. rush the passer thirty five seventeen. I like the the feel of this one. They're Although not, the, they're not too different to me. The, the difference is one has an MVP candidate, Russ Wilson. The other has Jameis Winston. Well, that's a big difference. Right, it's everything. It's perhaps the I'm saying difference. the rest of the Seahawks aren't very good. I mean, Lockett and Carson are good, but they they, they don't really do much well as a team other than throw. That, Car- Carson's that, getting you a hundred with twenty carries every week these these days. The fa- you mentioned it on Sunday show, Greg. So I'm not breaking news here, but. I didn't. Lo- I didn't love the look of that second half. I know they were up twenty-four nothing over the Falcons, uh, and you mentioned also that there was a goal line turnover. Also, that was garbage time, Greg. A, a lot of time. A lot of times. Well, I just don't like go kill a team. Go put them to bed instead of just ha- letting them hang around. And maybe that's what's going to happen in this game too. But I do like the idea of the Seattle at home against a team that's you know so up and down like the Bucks. This feels like a fairly they, they, these two game. teams have. I don't think so. I actually think these two teams are pretty similar. I think the Bucks, if you were a Bucks homer, which maybe I still got that in me a little bit, had some things go well for them last week, whether they can feel good. It's two straight teams. I think they've held under 300 yards. Levante David's uh, playing really well for them. Jameis Winston had – it's funny that one of his best game, probably his best game of the year, uh, came on a game where he turned the ball over <laughs> whatever three times. But he threw the ball really well. And these Four two times. teams have – the same amount of two-score wins on the season. One. I mean, the Seahawks don't beat anyone easily. The difference is the Seahawks win close games and the Bucks lose them. I think the Bucks front seven is way better than right, the Right, and Pierre-Paul. That's sort of what Pierre I forgot Paul's about. Bad. He adds to the... He adds to Vita Vea is having a Pro Bowl year. I just... I can't trust the quarterback to not right. completely sink the ship week after week. I mean, you say they're very similar, but that is... That's a defining trait of Tampa Bay right now. Right. I just don't see... They are huge favorites in this game, and... Uh, Coaching, if you're I, still I'll making take, it rain. It's like I you like the Bucks to keep it close. I, you know, Excuse I take me? Pete Carroll over Bruce yeah. Arians. Please, what was that? Was a that Doctor Rainmaker? I said if we were. Oh. I thought he was forced into retirement for malpractice. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I don't know because not many people. Um, oh no, this is a prior Thursday night. It wasn't the uh, train wreck we had to deal with last week. This is two weeks ago. Sure. Um, Mark and I. Mark officially took your place on Seahawks Corner. He moved right into your old room. <laughs> and I remember you left a voicemail. I did. I did. I wanted to talk to you about it, but you didn't pick up. 
Um, Screening his calls. It's very clear that you obviously have regrets about leaving the corner. So now you're trying to convince yourself that Seattle is only a little bit better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and all these things. It's because there's some regret here. That's what I, I, I sense this. Mm, I, you know, I contain multitudes. I can enjoy <laughs> many teams even humble if brag. I'm not on the corner. <laughs> multitudes, humble brag. You're not gonna, man claims he has multitudes. You're not going to stop me from enjoying the things I enjoy about the Seahawks, but I'm not, I'm not convinced they're going to be I mean, Greg, I've told you. Voice. I've told you on NFL.com that Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. That's true. All right. Might be an opportune time to jump back on the bandwagon. So that is the draft. And Greg, if you want to kind of tag team Texans Jaguars together, no, I, or why don't you no, tag I team Bucks Seattle? Because I have I no interest in watching what was the- happening and wasted uh, our listeners' time uh, <laughs> twenty minutes ago. <laughs> So let's talk about some primetime. All right, primetime football. In fact, it's time for a little Road to Victory talk. Time for Road to Victory presented by the United States Marine Corps. Yes, this is the game of the week. Uh, it is the New England Patriots 8-0 and at the Baltimore Ravens, who are 5-2. and So the game's in Baltimore. We've gotten, I mean, how many times, Mark, have we had an otherwise great primetime matchup, but they just stick it up in Foxborough and take all the edge out of it? Over and over, that's In happened. this case, they I don't think New England's ever played a game away from New England at night. So I think this is the first time this has ever happened. Um, so now we have the Ravens, who are feeling real good about themselves, obviously. And the Patriots, and this stat jumped out to me, um, that the Patriots lead the NFL in scoring. This is the highest scoring average uh, than any of the other uh, six Super Bowl winners in the Belichick era. And the points allowed, the fewest points they've allowed, that beats any other of the six uh, Super Bowl winners. So this is statistically uh, the best Patriots team ever from that one metric. Can I uh, put a huge asterisk on on offense? Their offense ranks 25th in the league in yards per play and 28th in big plays. Yes. Well, they're getting points from defense. They're too. getting points from defense and special teams. And that's, short that's, fields and, and things like that. And tons of possessions. But that's, hey, you score points. Right. Well, but they, there was a stat showing that they like the, the, their opponent could have scored. They could have scored no points on offense and still won a couple of their games with, sure. with how many points defense, were amassed on defense and like, special teams. I think it's like both things can be true. Their schedule can have been the one of, if not the primary reason for these outrageous stats, especially the one that they've out, their defense has scored more they've given up. That's, that wouldn't happen without the schedule. And they can be the best or the second best defense in the league. I don't think it's going to be at an historic level. And I do think Lamar Jackson presents a unique challenge because they play a lot of man coverage more than any team in the league. It's what they do well. And Lamar Jackson eats up man coverage because when you play man coverage, you have your back to the quarterback and the guy's scrambling all over and they're slow. If they if they have any weakness, it's that they don't have great team speed. That's very often the Patriots' is, you know, defensive weakness. And Lamar, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think the Ravens' defense will get off or anything, but I do think he presents a pretty unique challenge for them. You picked, as we said at the top of the show, you picked the Ravens to hand the Pats their first loss. Yeah. How does it happen? I think it's a defensive game. I think it's two groups where the Patriots offense, I think, will have their stuff together by the end of the year. Isaiah Wynn Wynn returns, Shaq Mason, you get Sanu. They figure out their problems. The running game gets a little bit. The running game is so bad. It's the worst running game they've had in... Again, since 2001. Since Antoine Smith was... Right, since 2001, probably. And he got it going at the end. And... The Ravens' defense similarly started poorly, but I think they're really coming together. And so I think the Ravens' defense is a little ahead of 
where the Patriots offense is, and it's a low-scoring game that the Ravens find a way to win. A much better special teams uh, in Baltimore, too, ranked number one by football outsiders, and it's the worst Patriots special teams in and 15 if, years. And if the Browns can run on your defense, then surely the Ravens can run on your defense. I mean, don't get carried away. I think it's it should be a good game, but I don't see them as a 16-0 team. So where are these losses going to come from? A tough opponent on the I, road. I was surprised with how well Cleveland ran on New England yeah. last week because that's not been the case with them at all. I think this is a Belichick fever dream, the, uh, the chance and the challenge of going up against Lamar Jackson. I'm sure... He's putting in the extra homework. I just trust if if they if it's if man coverage is going to get them fried, then they're going to shift out of that and do different things. He's he's spy proof because there's no linebacker out there fast enough where it even matters. Mm. Look what he did to Bobby Wagner. Yeah, he made that's that's he made Bobby Wagner look insane on some of those plays where he was you know three steps behind. They don't have the guy maybe to to do that. They he also get Hollywood do- Brown back, which is huge. Right. They really missed him, and they get Jimmy Smith back. So now. I don't know how big of a role he's going to play, but he's not even one of your top two cornerbacks anymore. I just think these are two of the best teams. and this, this stuff. All I can picture is Chris Collinsworth crowing about how incredible the game plan was by the Patriots, <laughs> yep. how they've confused Lamar Jackson, and they've, they've taken away what he does best because there's one thing every Bill Belichick <laughs> team can do is they find who your best player is, and they neutralize him. Can we get tight on this? is my analysis of the game. Can you see that? <laughs> mm. Can you see that? Camera three, maybe? Can you get in on that? That's the score of their final record. Our audio That's both. I was gonna say that that feels like New England's end. I got the regular sixteen and zero, uh, and I think it's this will just be another uh, skip, merry skip through the uh, forest of glory. As, as I don't think this offense is good enough to go sixteen and zero. I don't either. With the f- next five weeks, and I don't They'll think find they, a way. I don't think they want to. I mean, I, of course they would want to, but I think nope. <laughs> <laughs> of course they would want to. But I think as a Patriots fan, a loss is good. The 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 weight of trying to get there. Uh, oh, that's was, not true. You know, it's not true. Terrible. I think you're an outlier thing. as a fan, though. Patriots fan, not wanting them to go 16-0. No, just think that it might be better off for them. That's what the two... Maybe they were wrong I mean, that is, that hindsight, is, but they all say... That, that talk they, about first world issues. I mean, like that, you know, it's better if the team goes 15-1. Well, he, and one. He's like, saying he can imagine the scenario of Collins. I can more imagine the scenario of Belichick going... Have these, these bi-week, you know articles from all the Patriots beat writers just about how Belichick is putting them back in pads and saying how miserable they are because they just (laughs) had their loss and this is their perfect like it's going to be Belichick's dream to have a loss before a bye week in the middle of the season this is great we've been doing this we've been watching these Patriots for 20 years and all the narratives just keep coming up over and over and over again there's only one thing left to do there's only one thing left for this team to do this this era this Belichick Brady era is to go 19 and 0 yep so I think it's incredibly important to this team, and they don't want a little loss to like take off the pressure or whatever you're saying. Well, who is they yeah. want it? They want it, that. They, they see in it. In theory, I guess that would be Belichick. Every man on that roster, and especially the big man with the hoodie. I do think he he has to be enjoying and the QB the the turn back the clock element to this season. Not only that, the defense is the dominant one, but they're very similar, like a veteran linebacker group. Uh, you got the star player at cornerback in Gilmore. Uh, and I don't know. You, you've got a team that just figures out like ways to win. He loves that. This They're not losing this game. All right, let's pick the game. Mark. Uh, Patriots 29, Ravens 14. Wes. Ravens 23, Patriots 17. Patriots 16, Ravens 0. 
<laughs> oh, that's the score of the game. It's both. Uh, it's and. It's an and scenario. I had the Ravens winning uh, by a field goal 2017. All right. That was The Road to Victory presented by the United States Marine Corps. Oh, yeah. All right, Monday Night Football, an old NFC East clash, the Cowboys and Giants. It's been a while since we had Cowboys and Giants in primetime. Here it is again, and uh, the Cowboys coming off the bye week. The last time we saw them, also in primetime, Sunday night, they absolutely hammered the Eagles, and now they go to the Meadowlands to face the Giants. Mark Sessler, you uh, tracked our last Giants contest, and Daniel Jones uh, lit it up statistically. Uh, so I guess the hope here for the G-Men is two things, that Jones continues to trend in the right direction, and now with another week off, uh, that Saquon Barkley is all the way back from that ankle sprain. Yeah, I mean, Jones also made a few killer errors in that game, which he's done week after week. But, you know, I th- it's funny. There's polls popped up on the on Twitter this week oh. about which team would you rather or which quarterback would you rather have Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones? And I can't believe anyone would pick Daniel Jones at this point just based on what I believe Those, Sam Darnold. That's one will. of my least favorite like uh Twitter sports things. It's predictable. Whoever but, is like when you're at the absolute lowest point, the guy that would usually win the poll, you just throw the poll out there and then Well, I mean, you know. this is a fair question. All right. Look what I mean. Sam Darnold's one question. of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Right. Right. I don't like the, the timing. No, it's more of just it, on the, the the so-called potential of Sam Darnold. Well, it is. Not in, the actual I think play. yeah, Darnold ha- in theory has more potential. But if you flip his rookie season with the second season, same thing with Mayfield. People would be going crazy about uh, their starts to their career. But they they look they've shown so much as rookies that you're not as worried. I think Daniel Jones has shown a lot. I am not. If I was a Giants fan, I would not be worried at all about him. I like what I've seen out of him. How about your yeah. boy, your boy Darius Slayton, Greg? Beat Rashawn Melvin twice for touchdowns last week. They have playmakers, and they're getting Sterling Shepard back. This is not an easy matchup for the Cowboys. And yet, the Cowboys came... I mean, that Eagles game, we, we kind of didn't spend too much time on it, but that's one of the best games any team's had all year because you had your star players like Lawrence and... Vanderesh really show up. I thought Zeke had his best game of the year, and then you all of a sudden get healthy in the bye where the tackles are back and Cobb and Cooper are back. It's like, well, this team should be ready to go roll. Look what this team has. Check all the boxes. Franchise quarterback, all-pro running back, top five offensive line, legit number one receiver, promising number two receiver, reliable slot guy. You got a gadget guy in Tavon Austin. Change of pace back in Pollard. Go over to the defense. They got bookend ed- edge rushers with Lawrence and Robert Quinn. Deep interior linebacker crew, veteran secondary, and then you throw in a kicker with a 60-yard leg. This team's got everything. To, and, you know, coaching, okay? Maybe the head coach you're not excited about. B-. minus. And they did have a three-game losing Jenner. streak. However, I'm sure you'll point to the injuries that they were beat up, and that explains most of that slump. Well, the injuries, and they play close games. This team isn't getting blown out. Well, they, they weren't. They weren't playing up to their caliber on defense. No, that's true. It, it, but this team is still number four in in uh, DVOA, total DVOA. They're one of the top five teams in the NFL. Michael that, Bennett could be a huge addition. We didn't hit that trade really just because it was a strange timing. He can still play. I mean, he did last year, and he didn't fit with what Belichick wanted to do because they suddenly changed to a 3-4. That's another thing where they're turning back the clock. They wanted him to occupy blockers. He wasn't having that. The few snaps he played, he, he had some quarterback hits. He had a sack like 
Like he played great last year. I think he could be a pretty big addition. He, a fits, great on, he fits on the Cowboys. I, I, I that Jets loss for Dallas to me was all about injuries. Right. I mean, they were as banged up as any team in the NFC for a couple weeks there. And then you get your you had no offensive line. You, you get that back, and I just think Dallas still leads the league in weekly yardage. I know yardage just gets, we don't care about yards and it's relatively meaningless, but it's 439 yards a week. They are a productive offense. And Kellen Moore's name vanished off the buzzy radar because of that losing streak. But healthy again, they look phenomenal against Philadelphia. It's not just total yards. They're number one in offensive DVOA. Give us a good game, Danny Dimes. Give us some some pop, some fun on Monday Night Football. You don't have to win, but let's keep this interesting. Please. Robert Quinn and Demarcus Lawrence have been among the most double-teamed players in the league. So if Bennett, you know, keeps his head on straight and gets a lot of snaps, maybe he can... I like these double-team stats you're bringing to the table. Got some numbers for you. Got some figures, got some data. Thanks to Jeff Greenholtz and his team. He does a great job. Jeff Greenholtz and the NFL research team. (laughs) Not only do they... uh, The unexpected late-show shout-out. Not only does the Greenholtz gang do great work and... Uh, week after week, they do it with some fun. There's a little bit of mirth in their there is. research analysis, which syncs up nicely with our program. I think they hired some funny men along the way because that wasn't the case, you know, a couple of seasons back. I mean, most importantly, <laughs> Jeff Greenholz has listened to our podcast from the beginning, right? And that's so, why we're buttering. That's butter. how you get that's the show. Also, NFL media is arguably most eligible bachelor. I just wasn't love that aware out there of that. Too. Wasn't aware of that. Handsome man, Got tall likes, man, likes to go skiing. Athletic type. All right. Where are we going? I don't know. Uh, We'll be back uh, tonight. uh, Wrestling, wrestling jam. Lakeisha and Chris will handle Thursday night football recap. Niners, Cardinals, and then we'll all be back on Sunday night. God willing to recap all the games we just previewed. So uh, there might be as much analysis of us handing out candy as there is of the game. Ooh, I like that. Well, that's something to look forward to. All right, Ricky, let's get out of here. Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood. Is Greenholtz available? I don't know. I'm going to check in with him. Maybe he's off the market. You've announced it already. (laughs) Till Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish, 
Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.